near the end of the Second World War, behind the enemy lines in Nazi Germany, there were prison camps, and American soldiers soldiers were kept. And in this one camp, they were not well fed, and they were starving, thin, discouraged, wondering if they would ever go home again, see another Christmas. And the Nazi guards watched them behind the fences and their downcast faces and their slumped over shoulders, scarcely speaking to each other. And suddenly one morning, everything had changed, it seemed. They were still behind the fences. They were still not well fed. They were still very sick. And the guards noticed that they were happy. They were smiling, they were talking, they were gathering in little huddles every now and then. You could hear a hoot from somewhere and the guards had no idea what was going on. And what had happened was that a little transistor radio had been smuggled in and they heard the news that the Allied forces had landed, they had triumphed, they were moving steadfastly inland and it could be just days because liberation was happening. The point of that little story is the power of news. Nothing had changed except news. News awakening hope. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be to all the people for unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we, we are very much like those prisoners because as you look around the world, like if you live in Burnsville, for example, and had your apartment building burned down or you lost your husband this year or some horrific thing has come into your life, you feel like the fences are still up, the food is not very good, and uh, I'm still in the camp. And yet news has broken in, and it changes everything. It changes everything. In fact, the, the news of Christ as a Savior is better than the news of Allied troops for this reason. There were a few soldiers, American soldiers, in the barracks who were so sick and so emaciated they knew they wouldn't last until the liberation came. And so liberation for them at the earthly level meant nothing. It didn't help. That's not true for us. Because unless Jesus comes back, we will die in the camp. And he came, as so many of these songs have made plain, in order that our guilt might be taken away and our sin might be covered and a perfect righteousness might be provided and that he might give himself 
to be eaten by the lion of death and the devil so that inside his belly he might poison that lion to death and the lion would then regurgitate him on the third day and the lion dies and he's alive and he will raise us up from the dead with him. So whether we live or whether we die because of Christmas and Good Friday and Easter, we will live. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. We have a great Savior. I, I pray that you know him and love him. And that when you, when you sing a song like, Oh, come let us adore him. Your heart really does adore. Let us adore him because of his absolute existence. Do you remember what they said? They came to him and they said, you're not yet 50 years old and you say you've seen Abraham. And he turned and he said, before Abraham was, I am. Adore him for his absolute existence. Adore him for his infinite, omnipotent power. Through him, all things were made. There's not a galaxy in this universe that wasn't made by Jesus Christ. Adore him for his absolute power. Adore him for his infinite knowledge. The Bible says that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ Jesus. Adore him for his humility. This has struck me this season. If any of us is humble, then we're not very humble. If you think you're humble, you haven't gotten there yet. But if any of us has made any progress at all, it's because we're finite, we're fallible, and we're sinful. And he's none of those. His humility was chosen. He chose to be lowly. He chose to be a servant. He chose to be obedient unto death that he might die in our place. Adore him for his humility and adore him for his grace. This is the grace of the Son of God who, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor that through his poverty you might become rich. Let's adore him for his grace. And finally, let's adore him for his present life and his promise to be with us to the end. You're going to walk out of here in just a few minutes. If you know him as your Savior, if you embrace him this Christmas as your Lord and the treasure of your life, you will walk out with Jesus. And he will never leave. He wants to minister to you tonight. And my guess is that some of you came in here off of a pretty crabby Christmas Eve. There have been some crabby moments at the Piper household in the last four hours. And I walked upstairs and just prayed, God, please fix this. Please fix this. I want this to be a happy night. And I just thought, maybe, maybe you should do this as you walk out of here. I'm thinking primarily of husbands and wives here. Uh, figure out something appropriate if you're single. <laughs> if it's a husband and wife thing, and there's been some tension at home, 
why don't you just try no words at all? Just as you, as you walk out the door into the parking lot, just take each other's hand. And I will put the meaning on that for you, okay? It doesn't mean I was wrong. And it doesn't mean I was right. It means I want it to be good. And I love you. And God will figure out right and wrong. May the Lord bless you. May he give you a very merry Christmas.